Hello, I'm Craig Turner, president of World Trade Center Buffalo Niagara. Welcome to the WTCBN podcast, where we tap into the vast expertise of the World Trade Center Buffalo Niagara professional network to bring news, insights, and information on international trade topics in bite-sized chunks. Our conversations on the podcast are designed to offer competitive advantage to companies trading out of the binational Buffalo Niagara region. So 2021 is here and we're all still trying to get our bearings on how it's going to compare to last year, which many people are very glad to see behind us. I'll tell you, we did a lot of interviews with the media about the regional economy here in Buffalo Niagara throughout the pandemic. And our take probably surprised a lot of people. See, we look at the economy through the lens of international trade. And the reality of the situation is that after those first several weeks back in the spring of 2020, when there was a lot of uncertainty and most everything just shut down, uh, international trade had to kick back into gear. If the global economy, much less our regional economy, was going to be saved from going belly up, supply chains had to function. There was no choice. And the good news is that they did, albeit there were holes, as people learned throughout the year, that the things they were used to buying didn't just materialize on grocery store shelves as they were trying to get toilet paper and bicycles and uh, home supply or home building supplies. Supply chain and logistics are about finding solutions. And to the great credit of folks around the world, like our guest today, Joe Birdie, president of Speed Global Services, supply chain got the global economy back on its feet. That's not to say the the logistics industry is celebrating. It's definitely been a tough year for everyone. And, and Joe has offered to walk us through some of the challenges that, that uh, Speed faced and the industry faced over the past uh, 10, 11 months or so and how they were overcome. So Joe's been with Speed for over 30 years now. And, and my guess is that, uh, Joe, that you've never seen anything quite like we went through the past year uh, and what we're still going through. So thanks for joining us. And uh, we look forward to, to hearing from you. Thanks, Craig. Again, uh, thanks for, for inviting myself and Speed to, to talk a little bit about what we've seen and, and what we're going to see here in the future. First and foremost, for those in Buffalo, go Bills. For those not in Buffalo, go Bills. The sun's shining here this morning in Buffalo, so we're, we're happy uh, to, ha- to have a sunny January, mid-January day in, in, in mid-30s. So, yeah, thanks for having us. Sunny January day and still watching playoff football. So that's outstanding. For sure, for sure. So Joe, I, I'm excited to have you because one of the things that we end up talking to the media about and and even to our, you know, to our members in the community is that we know working in trade and logistics and supply chain, that really the best way to go to get a good picture of what's going on in the economy and what's to come is by seeing what's happening in logistics and supply chain, the way those those of you that are moving product are, are reacting and, and planning especially. So we really appreciate you giving us a peek under the hood today. I want to start though, before we get into that, if we could just kind of dive into the conversation with an overview of Speed Global Services, just fill us in on what you offer your customers. And I know you guys have a great history too. So if you don't mind touching on, touching on that for a bit too. Yeah, great. Yeah, so, so Speed, Speed Global Services started back in 1946 as a, as a small little trucking company by Joe and Vincent Severino uh, here in Buffalo, New York. They were running groceries throughout the uh, Buffalo and, and Niagara Falls area. Grew into a LTL trucking company over the years where they were servicing Buffalo, Rochester, Jamestown, reached out then to Erie, Pennsylvania. So basically about just under 100 miles on, on the U.S. side of, of the border around Buffalo. In the mid-90s, we started to, to uh, do some warehousing. I uh, had an opportunity with General Motors. Uh, grew that warehouse from 
5,000 square feet as they needed to start to 180,000 square feet in, in less than a year. Uh, and that was primarily with General Motors. In 2001 is when we decided to, to, to get out there a little farther and cross the border into Canada in our, our Southern Ontario market, uh, which was a growing market and still is a growing market today, not only to, to handle their trucking and transportation needs, but to really look at some distribution opportunities here stateside for those Canadian customers. In where are we at 1994. So in mid 2000, 2006, Carl Savarino, who had purchased or who took the company over in the mid 80s from his father and his uncle, decided that we needed to really come full circle and offer the solutions, a full supply chain solution by acquiring our U.S. customs brokerage, as well as a international freight forwarder handling both ocean and air freight. So it really rounded out our services uh, as, uh, as a trucking company uh, to a distribution company, and then adding that international flair with the, the forwarding and the U.S. custom brokerage. So uh, we are truly that one-stop shop. Uh, like I like to say, we, we're that one phone call for a customer or, or, or you know, one solution for all of their needs from door, from door to door anywhere in the world. We're about 200 employees strong today. Uh, we're operating in about 1.5 million square feet of warehousing space, both in Buffalo, uh, New Jersey, as well as Southern Ontario. Uh, so about a million square feet of us in distribution space there. Offering e-com fulfillment, pick and pack, um, reverse logistics, uh, as well as full skid in, full skid out. We are a foreign trade zone here in Buffalo. We're also a container examination station and a bonded warehouse. What am I missing here? Probably a lot, uh, but that, that really is, is who we are from 1946 to, to, to present. Talk about all the, uh, the different services you provide being well-prepared for, for the pandemic, because was, as you talk about e-commerce and the cross-border piece, these are all things that, that people needed answers for. So that one phone call to get all the answers you need is such a huge, uh, a huge piece of the puzzle and, and, and ready to go. Let me, uh, we're going to get into the Canadian piece too, because speed is a, is a go-to for, for cross-border business. And we're going to talk about the, the border a little bit later, but let's, let's dive into 2020. It was, you know, it really was a, a difficult year for just about anyone, unless you're the Amazons of the world. But in the end, as we said, the supply chain still had to work. Uh, we, everybody still needed things. We still needed global trade. We still needed people to get the things they need from food to, to medical supplies to, to everything still had to move or else everything would really shut down. Uh, you guys, Speed, we were at the center of that. Can you kind of take us back to March and bring us up to today and, and just kind of your thoughts on how the global supply chain evolved from that first shutdown in March? Right. So, you know, from our experiences, obviously, I think everybody's experience, no matter what industry you, you were in, uh, it was the unknown in, in March. And nobody knew what was going to happen. Uh, as a, as a uh, supply chain service provider, asset based with trucks, uh, we, we operate 50, 50 trucks here in Buffalo, another 50 in Canada, and then we operate some in Jersey as well. Uh, we knew there was going to be a need, right, for that. Really thinking grocery at the time. Uh, so we started running and, and really helping out wherever we can with groceries, servicing all of the, all the chains here uh, that we could help with. 
really kept the, the trucks operating and, and, and keeping them overwhelmed with the lack of capacity they were having. So it was, it was really buttoned down. Let's see what's going to happen here. Things were still moving, especially once the, the, the PP, like you mentioned, Craig, was something that was needed here uh, in the U.S. Obviously, for those who were handling any air freight or moving air freight, understood that air freight rates skyrocketed literally without within a day. I don't even want to say overnight. It was within hours of when uh, PPE started to, to really ship uh, from overseas. So, you know, we, we, were, we were just trying to find capacity at the time, anywhere we can. We obviously had our customer freight that was already in motion. Blank sailing started to happen very quickly uh, in the process. So we had to find ways you know, without telling any trade secrets, which I don't think there's too many of them in our industry, we were thinking outside the box as far as how are we going to find capacity on these steamships to, to move the ocean freight that was either already loaded, ready to go, sailings were, were, become, were being canceled. So we started to use uh, more inland transportation to find other ports where we could find some capacity in, in, in bouncing some containers in, on non-conventional ways, right? And, and so we were doing that. We're still doing some of that as, as capacity is still tight. But that was, you know, from an international forwarding standpoint, was something that we, we learned real quick uh, and how we could think outside the box to, to get some freight movement from overseas. Other than that, there, there's just obviously day to day. You know, I, I think our industry, you never prepared for what the unknown, but our industry understands how to solve problems quickly. And we've been trained. That's what we do. We're pro solutions providers, right? And whatever the problem was thrown at us is our job to find the solution. And, you know, the people we have here at Speed, the expertise that we bring from trucking distribution and, and, and international forwarding, we were able to put our heads together and, and really not see any service failures. Now, Moving forward, obviously, there's new challenges on what we're looking at and how are we going to continue to try to stay competitive or give customers competitive prices when they're seeing the inflation of ocean freight uh, that they've been seeing over the last few months and what that's costing them uh, that they probably didn't budget for, at least in 2020. They have a little bit more information for 2021 budgets that they could, they could expect, but as we've all been reading and we all understand, expect those to be, they're saying about 20% more than what you actually budgeted for. Uh, so let me, let me take it to the next question because you talked about going forward. So a lot of what happened over the last year has been reactionary. Again, you talked about Speed's role and the logistics industry's role is to find solutions. Things still need to get from point A to point B. And if the straight path doesn't work, you, gotta, you have to find another one. What are, are there examples of things that, that you've seen over the last year now that you know will stay in place? They, they might have been done reactionary, reactionarily. I might have made that word up, but they might have done as a reaction to, to the challenges from the last year. But, you know, we're not going back to the way we did it before because we found a, we found a better way that maybe is a safer way in case something else like COVID ever comes up again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's one that one that I could think of is, is cross docking from uh, our New Jersey facility more than running containers in turning containers at the port, which our, our facility is 10 miles away from 
the, the ports in New, New York and New Jersey. Uh, we're now, uh, we, we need to flip those containers back there quicker. Uh, we need to move that freight into, into Buffalo uh, at the same time. So we're cross-docking more than we've ever have. And that's something that we find more efficient. We've added people down there to be able to unload these containers quicker and get those containers back to the port. We've all heard of the demerge uh, per diem charges that we're all incurring. Those are, those are charges that, you know, they're fighting right now, but steamship is, is, is not budging. And so we have to make sure to keep those costs down that we are utilizing what we call our cross dock operations in New Jersey to, to turn those containers. So, so that's one that I don't see us turning back and, and running con- as many containers into Buffalo via truck as we had in the past. And that's something that we've dealt with for a long time is just availability of containers. So, so it makes sense that the COVID would now shine a light on that challenge and cause a need for a solution. Let, let's talk about the, the cross border now. You, you, uh, speed is, is strong across the border, strong in Southern Ontario, strong here in Western New York. Obviously, the, the big piece of the puzzle is the border shutdown. Now the trucks are still crossing. In fact, last last we heard that the the you know trucks are back to pre-COVID volumes. Um, a lot of emphasis is on the uh, the passengers and the tourism and and almost non-existent crossing there. But the trucks are back to where they were. Which there there's two pieces to the puzzle here. One, getting freight across. Yes, it's it's working. It's happening, um, and the bridges are doing a great job. But on the other side. You still have to do business, and if your salespeople can't cross and your techs can't cross, how is the border shutdown affecting uh, your operations and, and your clients' operations? Well, the, the nice thing, which I didn't mention in our history, is that uh, Speed had uh, purchased a trucking company in St. Catharines, Ontario, that services our southern Ontario market uh, called MFX Express uh, back in 2014. And so we, we have two companies, one on obviously on state side, one on the Canadian side. Uh, so we're able to continue our operations, like you say, from a truck perspective, as we'll call normal as it was. But like you say, to, to manage and operate there has been challenging. We've been able to, to get over there uh, from a management level, from a training pur- purpose, uh, from an ownership level to help out, but to get you know, like you say, the sales folks, sales in general has changed, right? Uh, even, you know, you could talk about uh, the border, but really, you know, what we're doing now, looking at, uh, talking to each other virtually is, is really the, the new, I'm going to call it, I, I hate to use the word new normal, but uh, it, which is, we'll just call it the normal at this point. And so what we see though, is the Canadian companies uh, have really, started lining up at the border to bring their, their product. Those who have been doing their distribution from a southbound consolidated standpoint, keeping their product in Canada, picking their orders, consolidating them over the border on a daily, weekly basis, are really now saying, oh boy, I better get some prop, uh, our, our inventory on the U.S. soil. So we're seeing that lineup. We're seeing the opportunities to be able to service those customers here in the U.S., that may not have been that comfortable putting inventory outside of Canada uh, in the past are now finding that to service the, the, the large market of the U.S., that they're, they're looking for space here in Buffalo or anywhere in the U.S. To, to inventory their goods. Which leads to a conversation about warehouse space, especially in our region. Where, where are we? We're last, last we've heard, there's not 
there's not too much available. Uh, what are you yeah. seeing? It, it's tight. Uh, in Buffalo is uh, always, you know, I always said we never felt recession here because we were always, we're in a recession. But real estate, you know, and, and speaking more about real estate, we're starting to see that change here uh, over uh, over the last few years, right? It wasn't just based on COVID, but I think COVID is definitely highlighting the need for that much more space here locally in uh, that 30 mile uh, radius of, of the border. Space is premium right now. Uh, we don't see that changing uh, in the near future. So, um, you know, speed is always looking. Uh, we have another 180,000 square feet that we're under contract for to uh, purchase right here in, in, the, in the Tonawans within our complex. So we're excited about that as a company that we're going to have a, an additional 180,000 uh, that we'll be able to start filling up here in the next 30 days. But we're all looking for space. And, you know, if, if anybody needs space, now is the time to continue to, to look for it because it's only getting tighter. In New Jersey, which I was just in New Jersey last week at our facility down there, all everybody I've talked to that's in the business, real estate agents included, um, are telling me that they're at 110% capacity in warehouse and distribution space. Wow. So it's not unique to Western New York? Not at all. No. Uh, Long I or uh, Southern California, Long Beach area, same thing. They're moving freight inland to get it out, out, out from the piers. They're going into, I believe it's Ontario County, a little farther inland uh, to find space. And even that now is tightening up to where they're they're still looking to get into that Nevada market, which has always been popular uh, coming out of Southern California. That's incredible. And people don't think about it. They order their Amazon package, it shows up at their door, and uh, they don't think about what happens in between. For sure. And they shouldn't have to, right? That's our job. Right. right. Uh, well, that, that's actually a good segue, because I do want to talk to you a little bit about workforce development, which I know is a passion of yours. Speed actually has been a leader in workforce development for logistics and supply chain in our region. And you helped to build the, the program at the uh, charter school right next door to your, your headquarters there. Can you talk a little bit about, given everything we've just talked about, uh, the importance of that for our region and, and, and what, what compelled you personally and speed to take it on as a champion? So work, workforce development is, is an area that we all are aware we need to, to concentrate in and, and give some of our time to in any industry. We being neighbors here to the Charter School of Applied Technologies has been a good neighbor. So what better can we do is to offer some help in how to educate these younger kids, these high school level kids and grammar school level to what this industry is about. Uh, For those who are in the industry, I'd love to take a poll to know when they were a senior in high school, who thought they were going to get in the supply chain, right? Probably no hands would raise, I would think. And, and I know, you know, yeah, I started young. Uh, I had a great opportunity. Did I think I was going to do this for my whole life? No, right? So what we want to do is, is let these kids know what we have to offer. It's not just being a truck driver. It's not just being a diesel man- mechanic. Although those are great trades to get into and, and pay well. Who would have thought that you could make $80,000 a year driving a truck and get into, you know, six digits turning wrench on a, on a diesel, uh, on a diesel truck. So those are good trades, but there's many others that we offer is when we talk about supply chain, customs, brokerage, dispatchers, accountants, IT, think of the depth that we need IT help in. Uh, so there's so much more. So we really took that to, uh, and started that at a high school level. And then with, with, with speed got involved with that, 
was then tying that together at the university level and now being part of ICO and, uh, and World Trade and, and, and learning more about how the junior college level at NCCC wants to, is coming aboard to that, really ties locally what we're trying to accomplish together. We feel it is, it's very important to, to get these kids at, 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 a, at a young level to just understand what we do in an industry and the opportunities are there. Whether they make that decision when they're 18 or 20 or even coming out of university at 22, you know, it'd be great if they did. It's really what we want them to remember down the road. If something doesn't work out in a field that they try after college or after high school, and they could say, you know, I remember, you know, that logistics class I took at the Charter School of Applied Technologies and, and that dispatching opportunity. Let me go reach out to somebody uh, that's a trucking firm or a warehouse firm and see if there's any openings and that, just leave that with them as they go through life. And I think it's going to continue to grow. It's going to con- continue to t- get momentum. And let's face it, we're, we're I mentioned it before, we're solution providers and all we have to offer services. And what can we offer that with? It's people. And, and it's the people that we need to grow and train at any age to, to, to be successful in what we do as supply chain solution providers here. So it is a very important part of what we do here at Speed, bringing these kids in. We have about, I'm thinking about just under 10 uh, young uh, university level high school graduate level, as well as junior college aged kids that are working for us full time at this point that we're managing through our leadership program here and, and hopefully successfully will continue to, to, to grow within the company. So if anyone ever has any input on where else we could spread our curriculum out to that's listening to, to this podcast, we, we welcome that with open arms to, to get more education out into other areas, not just in New York, but throughout the U.S. And I, I'll agree with you. All you need to do is kind of see it in action. I, you know, I, I, 15 years ago, I couldn't have told you what logistics even was. And then I ended up running the logistics council at the chamber of commerce. And a few years ago, I'm, I'm down at the port of New York and I'm out, we have the opportunity to take a boat tour of the different ports. And I'm sitting there looking at these massive ships and the gantries and everything. And I'm like, this is about the coolest thing ever once you know how it all works. So, right. so it's, it's easy to get people hooked. They just need to, like I said, think about what happens in between them putting their credit card into the Amazon website and, uh, and the package showing up at their door. So, And one other thing too, Craig, on that topic uh, for the audience is, you know, even internships and apprenticeships are programs that we're working on. Um, I know at the high school level, as well as the junior college level, and uh, at the university of all three. So if, if there's anyone that's interested in helping out with internship programs or apprenticeship programs, re- reach out to us and, and, uh, and, and we'd love to, to, to find somebody to fill that for you. And we can help facilitate that. Speaking yeah. of education, Joey, I want to do a little plug. In a week or so, we're kicking off our uh, winter 2021 session of World Trade Center, Buffalo Niagara's Global Business Academy. And you're, I mean, Speed was kind enough to sponsor the program, and you're also going to be one of our uh, one of our mentors covering logistics and e-commerce. Can you just give us a little plug as to why this is important to you and why you agreed to uh, to help out? Well, it it's, goes down the same path as workforce development. Whether you're in high school or the university level, you know, is one thing in, in getting the industry, uh, getting that 
that site of the industry in, in, in your pathways. But, you know, when we talk about world trade and the education opportunities that they offer for those who are already in the industry, I think is that much, it's, it's that important. Things are changing so quick in what we do here that we have to stay ahead of them and, and, and keep educating ourselves. So we want to stay in front of the industry experts in the, in the industry folks that are, are looking to stay ahead of it by, by giving you any uh, foresight or information that we may have uh, to help to help guide you and, and make your, your challenges a little bit easier to solve. So it, it's continuous education for us as well, because it's the Q&A that helps us out. When we hear what problems people are having, we could go back and resolve them and search them out and, and get back to those, those folks uh, as they're seeing uh, scenarios play out different than what we may have heard of as well. So it's, it's important. It goes both ways for us when we're involved with, with, uh, with any type of educational industry education opportunities. Excellent. Well, I appreciate it, Joe. I, I, I'm going to start to wind down here. I, I do want to say I love the way you put it when I said about getting the Amazon package from point A to point B, and you said they shouldn't have to think about it because that's our job. We love that you're doing that. <laughs> I have two uh, two of my son's Christmas presents. We're in the third week of January. Are still out there somewhere. They so got I that know, when, boat, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know when something when, some, when something shows up at my door the way it should. I I think about all the people and all the companies and organizations that have touched along the way. So we appreciate you doing that for us. Where, uh, if people want to connect with you, if people want to learn more about Speed Global Services, where where's where's the best place to go? Sure. Yeah. Speedgs.com uh, just was updated. Our site's fresh. Uh, so we, we uh, there, there's all kinds of information, white pages on that. Uh, and uh, uh, reaching out to us, contact us is there as well. So speed, S-P-E-E-D-G is in global, S is in service.com. Feel free to, to, to check us out there. All of our contact info is, is right online. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Joe. Thanks for your support of World Trade Center Buffalo Niagara. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. We really appreciate you giving us some time. To our listeners, thanks for joining us. And for more information about World Trade Center Buffalo Niagara, visit us at WTCBN.com. Thank you, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, Craig.